Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday, September the 29th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line is Pastor Mark Smith. Hello, Mark. Hey, Tom. How are you doing this beautiful autumn day? Well, it's a beautiful autumn day, but you told me in the phone call ahead of time, it's also a special day. Yes. You want to say what it is? Well, it's we're having the uh, first presidential debates tonight. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is, is, Mi- is Michael going to be in Michael, those? Saint Michael and All Angels Day. It's always on. It's always on September the 29th. Yes. And the reason none of the readings or the hymns aren't about St. Michael's is that that normally only happens when September the 29th is a Sunday. Then I imagine they'd have proper readings. But Well, you just... know, we observed it. We observed it in our church, even though it was a couple days in advance. But oh, this what last did Sunday, you do? The, well, we, we sang appropriate hymns, and uh, we had the lessons for uh, St. Michael's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There are a set of lessons. Um, I'm using the regular ones, uh, the three that are put out uh, for the three-year lectionary, and St. Michael's wasn't on any of them. (laughs) Well, I'm kind of big big on angels. You know, I, uh, I, I did a major applied project uh, a number of years ago in, in working for my doctor of ministry. And in the whole year I spent on, on angels, enhancing the congregation's appreciation for uh, the scriptural doctrine of angels. That was the title of my, of my project. Well, I can understand so with the life that you have, unable to even use computers, you need angels. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a wonderful passage where we have a guardian angel kind of watching over us. In fact, we may have a number of them, not just one. Well, when I drive, I have seven. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't count all the angels that are protecting everybody else. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, there are. It almost appears like there's millions of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, but, yeah, innumerable. Yes, exactly. Well, we're not going to talk about that because we're taking a look at a hymn. Oh, love, how deep, how broad, how high. And this occurred around the 15th century during a movement called Devotio Moderna, Modern Devotion. It began in the present-day Netherlands, and one of the movement's leaders was Thomas A. Kempis, and he wrote a book, The Imitation Christi, The Imitation of Christ. And it is so popular that it has been, well, what did they say? Uh, over 100 editions of it by 1500, and by 1900, 6,000 of them. Now, even our hymnal ascribes this hymn to Thomas but there really is no historical foundation for that. So it's really considered an anonymous product of the modern devotion uh, period. 
And well, whoever wrote it, it's a it's a beauty. It's a beautiful hymn. Yes, the um, individual who was a translator also did quite a bit of translating the uh, hymns that we have. This is one of them by him. I'm talking about Benjamin Webb, W-E-B-B. And uh, this is one of the two hymns we have in our hymnal about this. Now, there are seven verses, so we need to get going on them. If you would be so kind as to read the first stanza. Okay. Oh, love, how deep, how broad, how high, beyond all thought and fantasy that God, the Son of God, should take our mortal frame for mortal sake. This is a wonderful hymn, and I know why you like it so much, is because it's really talking about Jesus in every stanza. And this one, the first stanza, takes us immediately into the miracle of Christ's incarnation and God coming in human flesh. In fact, what does John 3.16 say? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's what yeah, is meant this is, by... This is beyond, beyond all thought and fantasy. Who could, who could have ever dreamed this up by themselves, that, that God would send his own son to take on human form for our sake? Who would have ever, who would have ever dreamed that? that, that that's got to be divine, divinely given. Find another religion outside of Christianity that even comes close to this, and you won't find it. No. Yes, this is where God comes down and saves. I was listening to a Marxist and, um, let's see, he was a philosopher uh, last night. It was a a two-and-a-half-hour lecture on YouTube. And, um, And it was very interesting in listening to them because they had the impression, both of them, that the God of the Bible is one in in which when you do good works, you get on his right side where he likes you, then he loves you, and then he saves you. And although they had some pretty good points, uh, that obviously was wrong. Yeah. They missed the whole point. Uh, That's not the gospel at all. It's not what you can do. It's what God has done through his son. And it's always for us. It's always a difference between do religions and done religions. All right. Stanza two, please. He sent no angel to our race of higher or of lower place, but wore the robe of human frame and to this world himself he came. Now, that's kind of an interesting, uh, because what stanza two is talking about is it's really a rejection of one of the early Christian heretics, Arius. You remember what Arius said about Jesus? The the Arian heresy. Um, Let's see, the Arian, Arian heresy 
Oh, that uh, help me. That Jesus uh, was only an angelic creature, not equal to the Father. Mm-hmm. That's what he taught. Yeah. And of course, that is wrong. And I believe that's what this uh, one phrase is. Uh, he sent no angel to our race of higher or of lower place. In, in other words, there was no high angel that came, like the Jehovah Witnesses kind of tend to believe, and certainly not an angel of lower place. Jesus was God himself. Yeah, equal uh, to God. Equal all to persons God. persons of the deity, Father, Son, well and Holy said. Spirit, are all co-equal. Right. Yeah. And they have the same attributes. Can yes. you explain what attributes are? Attributes are, are, I guess you could call them like characteristics. That, yes. That uh, the three persons of of the triune God have. Uh, the, the Almighty. Uh, all Almighty is one of them. Uh, omniscient one, or all-knowing. All-knowing is the second. And the third one which I always remember when Adam ran into a bush to hide from God. Omnipresent. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. So all those attributes are there in Jesus Christ. And you would agree that that attributes are also there even in his incarnate state. That's right. That's right. He's almighty. Even, even uh, as, the, as the Son of God made flesh, he's almighty even then. He had all the powers of God accessible to him all, all while he walked this earth. He just didn't use them. Yeah, Always. and that was his state of humiliation uh, where, for example, God cannot die. Jesus died. And so... You've got other situations where it was clear he used his almighty power. Remember when they were in that boat that was being flooded? What did Jesus do? He he, he silenced the winds and the waves. Yes. Said, Be still, and it was still. And in that day in Judaism, any human being that said they could do that was committing blasphemy because nowhere in the Old Testament were wind and waves controlled except by God himself. You know, the Red Sea, the Jordan right. River, all this kind of thing. That's right. So, um, stanza three, please. For us baptized, for us he bore his holy fast and hunger sore. For us temptation sharp he knew. For us the tempter overthrew now the way i like talking about the, the this verse i often will be in front of a group of lutherans who don't know me very well and i ask this question if you believe that jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead uh, will you go to heaven or hell and almost all of them say well we're going to go to heaven and then i say no you'll probably go to hell and they just cannot understand that until yeah. I explain it. And how do I explain it uh, using this verse? 
because it's always for us. You know, uh, Satan knew that Jesus died on the cross. Satan, no doubt, knew that Jesus rose from the dead because Jesus descended into hell to show him. Uh, But it's important that we understand that he died for us, that he rose from the dead for us. It was all for us. In fact, uh, one thing about this hymn, it it has for us, I counted the times it says for us, 13 times in total in this hymn. It's all for us. Wow. That, that's really critical. I like talking about the distinction between historic faith, which the Pharisees had. They believed in six-day, 24-hour creation. They believed in the crossing of the Red Sea. They, they did not the resurrection. doubt. They didn't doubt any of the history of the Old Testament. And when it came to the New Testament, they believed Jesus really raised Lazarus from the dead and that he was resurrected, but they blamed it on Beelzebub, trick of the devil. Right. And they were not saved because they didn't believe in the for us part, that he died for us, that he rose for us, for our justification, and that he ascended into heaven for us because now he is at the right hand of God And because we're part of the body of Christ, we're also at the right hand of God in Christ. Yeah, you know, Tom, you're always you always stress the fact that that faith is essentially believing in God's promises. That's that's what saving faith is. And that's what for us is all about. These these promises are all for us, for our salvation. I have a technique I use in Uber now when, you know, a lot of people say they believe in God. And so let's say I have a passenger in the back and they find out I'm a Lutheran pastor because I've got signals in the cab. Uh, What do you do? They say, well, I'm a pastor. Oh, what religion? Uh, Lutheranism. And sometimes they'll say, well, I'm this. What's the difference? And we go on. But then I often like asking this question, and this is great. What, do you believe in a God? And they say, yes, I believe there is a God. Then my next question, which really gets the conversation going, what promise has your God given you? And there's almost always silence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> because for them, God is just a big creator, takes care of the world and all this, but they are unaware of any personal promises to them. And that's where I say, well, I have trust in a God that has definitely given me promises. And then I start going through them, etc. And it's just really an interesting conversation starter Because a lot of people, when they say they believe in God, they just believe that there is some kind of force up there. And uh, even if they believe in evolution, they think that God created the world through evolution or what I like to say, evolution. But that, of course, is untrue because the Bible contradicts that. But it's a great question. Do you believe in God? Oh, you do? What is a promise that God has given you? So, 
something to keep in mind. And, and that's really dealing with saving faith rather than historic faith. All right. Stanza four. Okay. And here, here again, count all the for us's in here. For us, he prayed. For us, he taught. For us, his daily works he wrought. By words and signs and actions thus, still seeking not himself, but us. Boy. Um, it's, all, it's all for us. Yes. Especially that last line, still seeking not himself, but us. That came through pretty clear in Philippians, where Jesus, it says, did not look out for his own interests, but the interests of us. So it's kind of interesting that this hymn actually was based on Titus chapter 3, 3 to 5. But if you look at the bottom of our page on the hymnal that we're looking at, Titus isn't even mentioned. I know. Hmm. Can you give Titus, can you give us that, uh, the, the essence of that verse? Yes. You mean, are, are, you, are you asking yeah. what Do is... You have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let me read three uh, to five. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Reference to baptism. Yep. And, and that's what we're kind of looking at now in this uh, hymn. And so we talked about baptism in verse three, uh, stanza four talks about that he taught us the Lord's prayer and that we also find promises that he still is seeking not himself, but us. And a promise like that would be like Romans 8, 28, uh, all things work together to good to those who love God. First Corinthians ten thirteen. there's no temptation that comes to you beyond your power to endure with the help of Christ. And in fact, God often will provide a way of escape. That's what this verse is talking about. And it's really good to go through a hymn. Have you ever done a sermon and used as your text a hymn? Uh, you know, I did a I did a series of sermons uh, I know one time during Lent on yes. the basis of uh, Lenten hymns. I've done that. Yeah, I remember the first sermon I ever gave at the church I was at for 28 years, and it was uh, Wednesday. It was during Lent, and it was the hymn that the organist was playing uh, the hymn for that Lenten day. And uh, I just went through the hymn showing 
making a point that why we have Tuesday KFUO on hymns, because a lot of people sing the hymns, but they don't read them. Yeah. And that's a shame. All right. Stanza five, please. Okay, here again, look at all the for us's. For us by wickedness betrayed, for us in crown of thorns arrayed. He bore the shameful cross and death, for us he gave his dying breath. So we've talked about his incarnation. This here, obviously, would be referring to his crucifixion. Yeah, his betrayal by Judas. Yes, that's His crown of thorns, right. Yes. The cross, the death. For us, he gave his dying breath. And it's always pro nobis, which means for For us. us and for our salvation. And his dying breath was not of defeat, but was a loud shout of victory. That's right. In this lecture I was listening to between these two characters, they were talking about that at the cross, Jesus became an atheist. You know what they were referring to? My God, my God. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? In other words, showing utter, you know, they took that to be a, a, a statement of utter despair. And that he no longer believed in God. And the yeah. reason that's ridiculous, what, what are the first two words of that? My God, my God, why yes. hast thou forsaken me? Yes. No, 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 the first two words. My God. My God. How, how can somebody say he says that and then he's an atheist? And what's another word he says from the cross at the end? Father, into thy... Into thy hands I commit my spirit. Yes. Jesus was no atheist on the cross. But uh, that's how they misinterpret the scripture when they are not understanding law and gospel. All right. Incarnation, crucifixion. Stanza six, we get to something else. For us, he rose from death again. For us, he went on high to reign. For us, he sent his spirit here to guide, to strengthen, and to cheer. What festivals are they talking about? There's a bunch. He rose from death, Easter. He went on high to reign, his ascension. Yes, he went on high to reign, and he sent his spirit here. That's Pentecost. Exactly. And it's to guide, to strengthen, and to cheer. Right. I'm writing a book right now, and the name of the book is going to be The Ten Commandments of Comfort. And... The Ten Commandments don't make you comfortable, but they give you comfort. And a lot of people don't realize that the Ten Commandments are comforting words from God because he gives us gifts through those Ten Commandments. And that's something I find with my Uber passengers. They've never understood the Ten Commandments as comforting, and they're often afraid of them. So... How do we end? Uh, and at the beginning of verse 7, what do you have there? There's a, in the hymnal, there's a triangle, which denotes that it's a, it's a doxological verse. Speaking of the, whole, whole, 
Speaking of all three persons of the Trinity. And if you would read that, please. All glory to our Lord and God for love so deep, so high, so broad. The Trinity whom we adore forever and forevermore. Yes. And all three are referred to as Lord and God. Right. How would you explain love is deep, high, and broad? What What is that metaphorically for? Well, um, it's it's... It's beyond our comprehension, really. The love that God has for us is beyond our comprehension. I mean, it's it's. How's that verse? Let's see. There's a verse uh, that talks about um, Ephesians three, uh, seventeen to twenty-one. Uh, well, we're running out of time here. Let me suggest: love so deep, the deepest ocean; love yeah. so high, the sky. Right. Love so broad, geographically, the earth is really wide. <laughs> and that's, so, a, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's the comparison. Well, that's the end of our program. Thank you very much, Pastor Mark Smith. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to be continuing with what we've been doing for the past three months, examining CFW Walther's lectures to seminary students about the distinctions between law and gospel. Join us for tomorrow's program. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.